You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Joining us right now to talk about the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Kaiser, the rookie from Notre Dame, is Ken Carmen from 92.3 The Fan on the Browns Radio Network. Ken, welcome into the show. How are you doing? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'll, I'll lead it off, and then we'll uh, we'll have Anthony, and then Anthony Beck is with us as well, Nick Ferguson. I'll, I'll just get right to it. Do you believe that ultimately this was something the Browns were prepared to be the plan for Deshaun Kaiser to start the season off as a starting quarterback? Or did they actually believe that Brock Osweiler was going to be the starting quarterback to lead this, to start the season? Oh, no. I think that, you know, if anybody looked at this from, with common sense from back in late April to now, I think that anybody who looked at that with, with any clear eyes would think that they – they were having to prepare that he would be the week one starter because it, it was apparent from when they traded Brock Osweiler, they traded for Brock Osweiler when they really traded for that second round pick, that they were prepared to keep the pick and to try to trade Brock right around. They tried to pitch him to the Jets, they tried to pitch him to some other teams, uh, but obviously no one's going to bite on any bit of that $16 million, especially where Brock's name is really mud. I, you know, I tell you, I, I know that a lot of people have looked at him through the last couple of years, and especially this last season over there in uh, Houston. And Bill O'Brien, I don't know if it was Bill or if it was him or whatever, but I've heard he's had a nasty reputation in the locker room, and they've really done a number to scare some teams away. And I think that's what the Browns were kind of thinking of. Well, I'd like the pick. I'll take the $16 million because it's kind of like an NBA trade. But then as time went on and they went through this preseason, they went through the camps and the OTAs and whatnot, it would be the number one guy. They wanted him to be the number one guy. Uh, Brock had more talent. Then they drafted Deshaun Kaiser. Deshaun had more talent than both of those guys. They still tried to let the veterans be the starters. The veterans did not take the job. Deshaun conducted himself as a professional, and he ended up taking this job. So I think that he'll start this game coming up tomorrow, and then unless he basically unless he goes out there and gets killed on the field. Uh, he'll start week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, hope, yeah hopefully he doesn't. Uh, I don't think he will. He, he's such a big guy. But, Ken, you know, I think the things that are kind of leaning towards Coach Jackson, you know, making it official and obviously anything catastrophe. And I, I would say if there was a three-interception game in the preseason, that could be a mental uh, lapse that you would have to think about going. Really, when you're, you're, you're combining and looking at each guy and what they bring to the table, you know, Brock, to me, both guys have been talked about their accuracy as a passer. Uh, to me, that like kind of cross cancels out, and you got a kid like Kaiser's got the size, he's got the ability, yeah. and you got the offensive line intact. Mm-hmm. That I think, if you can produce that running game, really gives a little bit more for helping him be successful this season. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And I, one of the things that Hugh Jackson's going to have to do is make sure that he's he's got confidence, make sure that he's picking him up. And David Lee's picking him up as well because that was one of the things that we were always afraid about when they drafted him was Brian Kelly. Boy, Brian really liked to kind of let him have it right after those games and and certainly let everybody know that it wasn't his fault when they lost to Duke at home. And I think that he was kind of the byproduct of that. And to have a franchise guy, you know, I kind of like it to liken it to the way that Derek Carr throws where he's not afraid to make a mistake and he's going to make mistakes. And the difference between a franchise guy and just every run of every day run of the mill quarterback who's waiting for somebody else to take the job is that he can see those mistakes and then get you past those mistakes and make up for them and, and end up taking risks and being able to hit on most of those risks. 
And that's what Deshaun's got to do. I mean, you get a big, strong-arm quarterback to go out there and, and complete passes that others can't. And that means taking risks. And that means coming up with nothing sometimes, getting burnt and getting picked off. But it's going to have to be where you're not afraid to make a mistake. You know, they drafted Brandon Whedon a couple years ago because he was a big, strong-arm quarterback and could make throws that other people couldn't. And then he started getting picked off, and then he became afraid to throw the ball down the field. So this is going to have to be something where the running game helps, the offensive line, just like you mentioned, helps run that football, and then in turn they're able to let him let it fly. And he's going to have to have confidence in himself, and they're going to make sure that they have to have confidence in him, and he knows it. So he can push the ball down the field, and, yep, sometimes he's going to get picked off by a safety that he doesn't see, but that's just part of the growing game that they have to do. They have to be judicious in this and give the kid a chance to grow. they got to stop messing around with this quarterback crap and they got to give him a chance to grow, and it's going to have to start coming up tomorrow and then throughout the rest of this season. Ken, Nick Ferguson here. You know, you're talking about the fact of letting uh, Deshaun Kaiser grow, and and usually that's what happens. You bring in a young rookie quarterback. He sits behind a veteran. I know, you know, Brock Osweiler hasn't been, you know, that appealing from, from the optic standpoint, but the fact of throwing Deshaun Kaiser out to the Wolves, as I'll call it, you look at the first four games of the season. Three of those games against division opponents, and you're starting out week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, is it too premature to put him in? Because we know we've seen other young quarterbacks, and Cleveland has had a laundry list of them, to go out there and just kind of fizzle out because their confidence is shook because they're not playing up to a standard that they may have once played at at the college ranks. Oh, it might be. I, I can't guarantee that he's, that he's absolutely 100% ready. Again, I think it's a mix of – the guys ahead of him just not taking the job. Cody Kessler, I hate to say it, he's a good kid. He's been absolutely terrible in this preseason. Uh, just just really bad in practice. And he was able to hand the ball off once a couple of times. That maybe he grew with some confidence there, but he's been pretty bad. Brock has not been able to move the football. So, in turn, I don't think that Hugh, because Hugh has been basically given almost a blank check. Now, I know because it's Jimmy Haslam, you almost wonder, well, yeah, what Jimmy says that in one day can be different in the other, but uh, he's almost been given this this carte blanche to, to build this football team the way he wants with Sashi Brown. And I think that if he wasn't ready to defend himself, I don't think you would allow him to go out there and play quarterback. Uh, I, I hope I'm right about that because you always have to guard against what the owner wants and certainly what the general manager wants. But if he wasn't ready to go out there and do it, uh, I don't think that they would put him out there. And the other part about divisional opponents is if you're talking about confidence and you're talking about actually completing passes which you just were then I agree with you there's always going to be a concern what we've become conditioned to here is that you went through I what six different quarterbacks including Terrell Pryor last year because of injury uh we've become so conditioned to guys getting their heads just knocked into the dirt that people will call up they're afraid that he's going to get hurt and I I just I I know where, where people's heads are at where they want what's best for him but Hey, the Steelers aren't leaving the division anytime soon, and neither is Baltimore or Cincinnati. So the, the question is, okay, can he do it? Because if you're questioning whether or not he can get hurt, I'm not even drafting the guy in the first place. If they can't defend themselves and they have no place on the field, and you guys know that certainly better than I do, but the way that we are conditioned here, <laughs> as nervous as we get here about this stuff, is that people, do, people are afraid about that because he's, he's a brand-new pair of shoes, he's a rookie, and they want him to stay healthy, and that means that, some of them do not want him out there in the field because they're afraid he's just going to get hurt. 
You know, it, it, you want to know how important the quarterback position is? We've spent all of our time talking to Sean Kaiser and not the first pick of the draft, Miles Garrett, who has a chance to be one of the most special talents to come into the league on that side of the ball. Um, if he loves it, if he loves it, and I know that there are some evaluators who I know who say, look, he's a different kind of guy. He's, you know, he's not the typical locker room guy. He's a very different cat. We've got to see if he can, can get into the grind and really love the grind and what it takes. And, and become the next Julius Peppers because Julius Peppers had that same, you know, was that there were, Julius had that same knock on him when he came out and he got into it right away and became obviously an all-time great off the edge. What's the general consensus on how Miles has looked so far and what the realistic expectations are for him coming out of Cleveland in his rookie season? He's looked completely different than any draft pick they've ever had since '99. He's a dude and now. <laughs> Yeah, I, exactly. And I think some guys would look at this. I mean, if you ask Doug Deacon, who's, who's the color analyst who's been with the organization for almost 50 years now, uh, Doug would tell you that he is one of the very best prospects that they've ever drafted, easily. And, I, and that goes all the way to Jim Brown, uh, that physically he looks the part. And the reason he's different, I truly believe part of the reason he's different is that you've got a lot of 21-year-olds, and they come in and they say, well, I'm here to play football, and they, they say kind of stuff they heard and remember the Titans, and then that's it. Uh, Miles acts like a veteran. He, he, is, he is thoughtful in his approach. Uh, he, he, he chooses every single word carefully. He does not go out there and, and act like, like a crazy 22-year-old would. He's, he's no Lawrence Taylor in that case. I, uh, I can't get whether he's 21 or 22. I just remember he's a really young guy. Um, but some of the other stuff with him, he's just, he, he acts like a veteran. And I think that that's just very different to a lot of people because, you know, for a lot of early 20s guys, it's football, that's it, football and partying, and that's it. But they won't tell you about the partying. They'll tell you about only the football. And they don't have much of a, they don't have much of a personality or much of a personal life. They develop that later as time goes on once they've seen how the NFL is. And they get families of their own. Where Miles is is that there's other interests, and I think that scares some people because, the Browns have not drafted well. They've drafted guys who said they only love football, and then they only really love partying and, and collecting checks and, and being in the NFL and washing out in a couple of years. So it's a nerve-wracking thing where every decision you make because you failed in it before because it's been 20 years since they've been good, uh, that, that's a nervous thing because every decision there is going to be questioned because you have an example of failure and you don't have a lot of examples of success. The only success you've had is Joe Thomas, and Joe Thomas and he have gotten along very, very well because I think Joe Thomas can see a little bit, even though it's the other side of the ball, completely different position. I think Joe sees a little bit of himself and Miles. And for a lot of fans, that's a, that's a relief. You hope that he stays healthy, obviously, but that's a relief and a breath of fresh air. Ken, we've seen, you know, signs of brilliance from uh, Jabril Peppers, uh, something similar to what he gave us as a member of uh, the Michigan Wolverines. But, uh, watching him in his preseason, uh, he's been really exciting. Do, do you feel that defensive coordinator Greg Williams is going to try to find other ways to utilize his talent and skill set? Because we know as a linebacker for Michigan, he did a great job of coming off the edge, creating some havoc. So how how will Greg Williams incorporate him more uh, in the defense moving forward in the season? I'll tell you guys this. Greg Williams has ridden his ass every single day since he got here. And I mean, has been on top of him every day. There were some concerns, obviously, about uh, some stuff that he was, he, if, he, if his head was really in football. And there was questions about him in a party life. 
and I think Greg Williams has been maybe the perfect guy for him because I think it's been a bit of an extension of college. And I've seen Greg basically dress him down at least once a day where he has really tried to get any of the outside stuff away from him and has almost threatened his career already. There was a time where he had, he had yelled at him right in front of all of us about him being a professional and him wanting to see another contract. And unless he wanted to go back and be poor, he was going to do it the way that, that Greg Williams wanted it. That was what Greg Williams said. And it's a little bit surprising to see him talk to a guy like that, especially when they're professionals now. But to Greg, that's that's what he needs. And so it's been a bit of a surprise. I want to see what he does at the safety position first as the free first before he starts to do some other things. They got him returning kicks. He's almost broken a couple once against the Giants and once against the uh, almost twice against uh, the New Orleans Saints. Uh, he's had a couple of bugaboos there where he doesn't really know where to catch the ball, but uh, I, I think in a lot of ways, yeah, they could use him in a, in a lot of different, a lot of different spots. Maybe even like a Dayon Buchanan type of scenario, like they had uh, in Arizona. I think they might try to do that with Jabril Peppers, but I think they're going to keep it simple for a minute. Let him get get acclimated. Let him get his own confidence, and then see if they can they can move him around and do some do some interesting things with him. But I think that that's the plan. But and he's a guy who can go away real quick, and that's why he fell in the draft, so they're going to have to stay on top of him. I don't want to go back to being poor Greg Williams. I'm just going to let you know right now. I Does anybody go poor states. when they're playing at Michigan, Lance? <laughs> no, I don't, well, I don't know. It's not an SEC school, so I, I really don't know. It just in this area, uh, Big 12 and SEC, that's all I can speak to. Hey, listen, Ken, we appreciate you joining us, and uh, and we look forward to – I'm really interested to see what the Browns can do. They've done a pretty good job of maneuvering a bunch of different picks. I thought they fleeced the Bears. I guess we'll find out more about that, and we'll talk to Rich Campbell later about uh, about how Mitchell Trubisky looks right now. But um, – Interesting to to watch how the Browns are, are operating now, and I guess we'll get our our idea if if the Moneyball process can really work there in Cleveland over the next couple of years. Thanks for joining us today, Ken. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Take care. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.